God chose by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Praise God. And so, again, we are delighted to be in Sulphur, and it is true that we have, for the past six months, been, I don't know if the right word's tied down or tied up, but uh, we have uh, assumed the pastorate there in Molina, Florida, and God's been good to us. And we are somehow expecting great things to continue there, and we are envious of your prayers. And I believe I can ask you to do that, and you'll be prayerful and remember us in your prayers. Amen. We got such a little time to get the job done. Work while it's yet day, for the night cometh when no man can work. Praise God. But while it's yet day, redeem the time. Praise God. Well, the Lord bless you richly. I <clears throat> have been trying to make this uh, uh, transfer, uh, posing of Evangelizing and pastoring. I have pastored before, but it's been a long time back. And, uh, and this is the first excursion I've made since I settled there to preach out a little bit since then. And uh, I've been, uh, I remembered now what it was about evangelizing that I dislike so much. It's that road out there. Praise God. But uh, I felt like one in this transformation period of evangelizing the pastor and uh, I felt like the individual that asked Brother Boone, Daniel, one time, you know, he's the one that made the Cumberland Gap and made a way over and went through wilderness where no man had been, at least a white man. And uh, he was the way maker, the pathfinder. And uh, somebody asked him one time, said, uh, Daniel, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been lost? In all your excursions and all your journeys, have you ever been lost? And he said, no, frankly, I've never been lost in all the time. And that guy was astonished and looked at him and said, you've never been lost. He said, no, but I can't tell you. There was about three weeks when I was mighty bewildered one time. And that's just about where I've been, mighty bewildered. I ain't lost. I'm just mighty bewildered. Praise God. So with your prayers this evening, we'll go to the word of the Lord. I, I can only feel one thing for this service tonight. I let a lot of things try to enter my heart and my mind, but only one thing would lodge there. And so that's what we're going to bring to you this evening. I this would be more teacherified than it is preacherified, I would imagine. But you uh, bear with us this evening as we look at the word of the Lord together, would you? The book of Ephesians. Ephesians is first chapter. Ephesians chapter one. And we will commence our reading tonight at verse 2 of the first chapter of the epistle to the Ephesians. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Praise God. Now turn way back in your Bible to the book of Leviticus. Chapter 19, and also there reading, let's read it, verse 1, Leviticus 19, and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy. That's not the end 
of the saints. The colon is placed right there. Ye shall be holy. Not a period, but a colon, meaning pause for a moment and then continue. For or because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Ye shall be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Praise God. I want to speak to you this evening on this subject, rediscovering the holiness message. Rediscovering the holiness message. He is coming back after a holy church without spot, without blemish or any such thing. But believe it or not, there are a lot of people that really do not have the correct perception of what holiness really is. Let's look at the word of the Lord tonight. Would you let's pray. God, we thank you in your great and glorious name. Speak to our hearts, each and every one. God, we understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You are our hope. You are our everything. Without you, we can do nothing, but with you all things are possible. Bless us now. Let our ears be attentive unto thy word, and we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Early in my Christian experience, I became a very frequent reader for some reason of the book of Ephesians. It just held a special attraction to me and still does. I had read through it many times and then one evening as I read I was drawn to that little two-letter word that is in multiplicity in the book of Ephesians. You can't help but mistake it. If you read this book, you will have to notice this seemingly insignificant little word. And that word is I-N-N. -N. The book of Ephesians is a very strong teacher of in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Not about Christ Jesus, but in Christ Jesus. And there is a big difference. You can tell about Him, and you can teach about Him, but until you can live in Him, then you're not living at all. And our life is in Christ Jesus. It is not about Christ Jesus. It is in Christ Jesus, or rather Christ in you, the hope of glory. That is your only hope of glory. That is your only ticket to somehow hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, is that there reside in you Christ Jesus, the hope of glory. Praise God. And therein lies a nutshell of the holiness message. Let me tell you that it is impossible, underline that word, it is utterly impossible to be holy without receiving the Holy Ghost. There are no holiness churches that do not have the Holy Ghost. Oh, no, there's not. Praise God. Now, that's where a lot of people, you know, we call a lot of folks holiness folks simply because of what we observe about them outwardly. But I can tell you now that this Bible tells us it is impossible for you to be a holiness church or a holiness individual without the experience of the Holy Ghost vibrant and alive in your heart. Praise God. I have learned in my walk with God, and much of it the hard way, that everything spiritual has nothing to do 
with who I am or what I am. But it has everything to do with who he is and what he is. Oh, yes, it does. Holiness, real holiness, is a post-conversion in the believer. It is something that takes place after the receiving of the Holy Ghost. You did not get holy to receive it. It's impossible for you to be so. For the Bible declares to us that all of our righteousnesses is as filthy rags in His sight. Now, righteousness are those things that are good about you. That's the things that you do that are God-pleasing or the things that are God-honoring or the things that are correct according to the moral code of humanity. But the Bible said all of our rights. That means all of them. It's not talking about your faults and failures. It's not talking about your sin here. It's talking about your righteousnesses and all of them and all of ours put together in His sight is nothing but a heap of filthy rags. Reckon how your sin appears if your righteousnesses appear as filthy rags. Holiness is impossible without the Holy Ghost. That's why you don't pastor people that don't get the Holy Ghost. And that has been the big error that has happened in this generation in these so-called super-duper revivals of people that supposedly got it and didn't get it, and therefore churches have lost every bit of what holiness they ever had because it's impossible to be holy without the Holy Ghost. Praise God. In other words, what I'm telling you is this. You cannot achieve holiness. Holiness is received not achieve. You can work from sun up to sundown to be holy and you'll never make it. Not without the Holy Ghost you won't. You don't achieve it. It's impossible for any mortal being to achieve holiness by pulling himself up by his own bootstraps. If you give your body to be burnt and do all the rest that it talked about but if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can mark off being holy. And I'm telling you, God is coming back after a holiness church. He is coming back after a church that is without spot, without blemish. And there's only one way that can be possible. They are running over with the Spirit of God. See if it isn't true that you let a church, they begin to get slack in their attainment of the Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what world will creep in and jump in on you faster than you can drop your hat. Wonder why a preacher somehow presses so hard to get people praying, worshiping, running. You know why? That's to keep that energizing holiness message alive in you. Because if that is ever delinquent and begins to fade and begins to falter in you, it's impossible for you to be holy without a holy experience of God in you. We've got churches that truly now, and there's a whole lot of bunch that somehow started claiming that it doesn't make any difference about any of the outside appearance or all that. You can be sure that then they claim to be so spiritual. They are, they are the opposite of being spiritual. They are as carnal as they can be. But on the other hand, I've seen folks that had all the regalia and were as carnal as they could be. A true holiness church is a church that is doing nothing more nor less than allowing the Holy Ghost to live through you. That is what holiness is. It is Christ in you. Praise God. That is why it's so desperately needed that we rediscover this New Testament experience in our life. That is why the book of Ephesians, sometime at your uh, uh, time that you've got aside and you got free time take your pencil take your pen take your highlighter go through it and underline mark that little word in not right now praise god and you'll find that the whole thing about ephesians is that it is in 
so many of our people really, we got people sitting on Pentecost pews that never have figured out what holiness is yet. To them, it is legality. To them, it is a matter of certain things that have been ruled and regulated in their life. And if you abide by them, then you are holy. If you do not, then you are not holy. Well, the real story is this. All those things are necessary that we call outward standards. But I'm telling you now, it is impossible to make holiness a legality. It is something that is achieved by your devotion. It is something that you pray and seek God and bring the Holy Ghost alive in your heart and let Him manifest Himself in you. That is what holiness is about. Christianity is a life. And holiness is the distinguishing trademark of that life. It's not the other way around. We don't dress this way to become the sons of God. We dress this way and live this way because we are the sons of God. That, and there is a big difference there. Since it's impossible for me to achieve holiness, then I must receive it, and that is by the Holy Ghost, and then allow that Holy Ghost to so absorb my spirit and show Himself strong in my life when they can see Christ in me. That is holiness. Hallelujah. Now, to do that, it's impossible for anybody to achieve holiness or to, to of course, I know I contradicted my word. What I'm saying is it's impossible for you to get to the place where it can happen if you don't have the right attitude to this book. How can anybody somehow try to tell us that they are holy people when they go against this book? For this book is Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word did what? The Word became flesh. And dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. Hallelujah to God. It's still doing that. The Word still becomes flesh and dwells among us. It's Holy Ghost in you. That's what happened when you knelt at this altar. You got the Holy Ghost in flesh. And now then ought to shine forth and see Christ in you. People that can get that right perspective about holy, they don't have trouble with wardrobe. You don't have to many times come back and, and again and again and again try to get the dress length the right uh, length down below the knees. Or again and again and again have to tell you, boy, it's time to get a haircut. And you get it in. I didn't say it didn't get preached on. No, don't jump off the ditch because we get all along. This thing has to be renewed and renewed and reheard and reheard and reheard. But what I'm saying is when you really get this thing in here right, it becomes a way of life. It is no longer I that live, but Christ in me. That's holiness. Hallelujah. It's impossible to have true holiness and defect from this word. They can't tell me that they're holiness people and won't even be baptized in Jesus' name. Or take the plain scripture that tells him, why call me Lord and not do the things that I command you to do? I'm not your Lord if you don't obey me. Praise God. And you can't, I've seen so many people do this Bible exact opposite of the way it was designed to be operated. They pick it up with already formed in their mind their own theory and their own biases. And then they go to the Word to back up themselves. That's opposite, folks. What you're supposed to do is come in here without your biases and let this Word of God set your, your standard and set your way of life, not the other way around. 
I've seen people try to prove any and everything out of this book and thereby claim that they got scripture for it. But my Bible said line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little, rightly dividing the word of truth. And when the Holy Ghost puts it together in your heart, then it's yea and amen in them that have the Holy Ghost. One of the sure signs of you lacking in the Spirit of God is your renegade spirit to His Word. Hallelujah. And then on top of that, it's impossible to really achieve or to somehow get to the place where holiness can be a transformation in your life if you don't have a very good perspective of the opposite, which is sin. If you don't have a good outlook or a good perspective on what is unholy, then you can never be holy. You can't toy with sin and therefore be holy or right with God. But you must abhor that which is evil. Flee from it, the Bible says. And the reason that you're able to do that is because there is in you the able and the ability to recognize the opposite of what God wants out of you. Hallelujah. Holiness is the ability to see sin and wrong. Oh, yes, it is. The man said, well, I don't see nothing wrong about it. He just preaches all the time. I don't see nothing wrong. Let me tell you what the problem is. The problem is you are lacking the Holy One in your life. Hallelujah. Now, let's look here just a minute. I want Brother Alvear to get a few verses of Scripture. I read to you there Leviticus 19 and the second verse. This is what it says. Ye shall be holy... Colon, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. It did not say you will have to work hard to get there because I'm going to demand it of you. That's not what it says. What it says and what the clear implication is, is that the only way you can be a holy people is that you will take on my my characteristic of holiness. You will be holy because I am holy is what he is saying. It's impossible for us to achieve it. It's impossible for us to pull us up by our own bootstraps. And the only way real holiness can happen in your life is to get him which is holy in you. And then to let him manifest himself in your life. In other words, holiness is just simply being God-like. Well, what does it mean to be God-like? Well, let's look at three quick things here. John 4, 24. Would you read that for me? Let's see what the Bible said God is. And therefore, we're able to see what holiness really consists of. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. Hallelujah. Now turn to 1 John, if you would, please. Let's get the last two of these. They're both found in 1 John. 1 John 1, 5. What does it say? God is there. So far we've seen God is spirit. This then is the message. Yes. Yes. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. God is spirit. God is light. Now, 1 John 4 and 8, one more characteristic of what God is. He is spirit, and He is light, and He is also what? He doesn't know God, yes. For God is love. He is spirit. He is light and He is love. Now, if holiness is being God-like, then holiness must have those characteristics of spirit, light, and love. Hallelujah. That is what I've, again, seen people that were so devoid of all three. 
and claiming to be holiness people. But if you are holiness people, then there will be spirit, light, and there will be love. Hallelujah. For 2 Corinthians 4.18, listen to what this says about the ability of God. Since He is spirit, what can He do? 2 Corinthians 4 and the 18th verse. Let's deal with spirit here first. Which we not look at the things that are seen. Which the things that are not seen. They're just temporal things. The things that are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. That is the ability of being spiritual minded. Is that you have the ability. That's the way God can look at things. He can look at things as they really are, not as they seem to be. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the real value that's in this thing. Let me tell you now, it's impossible for real holiness to exhibit itself in carnality and to somehow have the things of this world encompassed in its hands and seeking after only the things of this world. Hey, I know it takes food on your table shoes on your feet gas in your car a house to live in it's alright to have all those alright to have a nice home a nice car and nice shoes but on the other hand to really have a holiness spirit it means that all that is just that nothing but temporal things that really don't matter but there is in you that far seeking ability to look beyond today and look beyond tomorrow and see See those things that nobody else sees. The real goal of eternal life. That's what spirituality is. And holiness says, hey, I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. You can be sure you'll lose every bit of holiness you got when you get entangled in the affairs of this life. Man that's chosen to be a good soldier of Christ Jesus, entangleth him not self, not in the affairs of this world. Love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. For if you do, the love of the Father is not in you. Because you've left, lost the essence of what holiness is. Your, your perspective is only on the world. To be worldly doesn't mean you have to wear loud clothes altogether. It just means you have the world bound up in your heart. It means that, you know, you can be dressed again with a regalia, right? And be as worldly as you can be. Because worldly means to be conscious of the, the economy of this world. And so little consciousness of the things that really matter. Worldly people don't pray. Worldly people don't worship. Worldly people are not faithful people. You know why? Because their, their life is caught up only in jobs, bank accounts, cars, and belongings. That's all. And so therefore, when they pray, their prayer is always toward those things which are really their God. That's why the Lord told a bunch of people, said, what are you calling on me for? Why are you calling on me now for? Why don't you go call to those things that you've served? How'd you feel somehow and make a God out of something that, that it's just going to be gone in a little while? And then all of a sudden that baby comes up with a dreaded sickness. And God says, no, no, don't talk to me. Go out there and bow down to that car and say, old car, please touch my baby. I've served you faithfully. I, I've, I've given everything to you. Isn't it a whole lot better somehow to know to put him, seek ye first? Isn't it still say that, folks? Doesn't it still say, seek ye first the kingdom of God? That's what holiness is. It is a kingdom seeker. It is something that gets its eyes above this world. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just passing through. Hallelujah. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Lay up not treasures here where rust and moss does corrupt, but lay you up treasures in heaven. Holiness people are people with an eye for beyond this world. If we have hope in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. Holiness is spiritual minded. God is spirit. And the only things that count are spirit. Everything else will pass away. 
for they are temporal, here for a little while. That's why it said to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. But he chose rather suffer the affliction with the children of God because he saw something a whole lot further off than Egypt's rich fame and popularity. And that was to put a smile on the face of the Almighty God. It's impossible for you to be holding his people and have the world bound up in your heart. I've seen a whole Pentecostal assembly at their whole operating paraphernalia operated around bank accounts, property, and whatever. Look, all those are necessary. We need this building. We need the property. We need to pay for the lights to keep it running and all the rest of that. But those are not near the primary objective of holiness. And you can never be holy. I don't care if you built a building that seated 5,000 and took in 10 square miles of this county or parish, rather. That is not holiness. Holiness is people that understand we got to work while it's yet day because the night cometh when no man can work. My treasures again are laid up somewhere beyond here. That's for holiness people are giving people. Because, look, I'll tell you the problem with people that don't give, they have people that the world is in their heart. Because you see it taken away from your God. Real holiness people are giving people. It is spirit. It's God's point of view. Need to somehow climb a whole lot further out. Brother Gross, and just your little perspective, you see so little. Just a little bit through a keyhole that's even then it's full of cobwebs. But you need to climb way on up there and get God's eye view on some things. It'll change the way you live. And when you get in that prayer room and pray right, you can't come out of there with the world on your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's being spiritual minded. And that's what spiritual minded means. It doesn't mean all the time just teeth chattering and your head jerking. Spiritual minded means to have in your heart the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of this world. Hallelujah. God is spirit. And God is light. Holiness is light. You ought to bring a ray of hope into every place you step in this world. The Lord God Almighty that's in you, you, don't you understand, no man lights a candle and sticks it under a bushel. That's defeating the whole purpose. Why are you lighting the candle and stick it under a bushel? Are you out of your mind? No man does that. But he lights that candle for one reason, that it might bring forth light. And God lit you up one day, you hear me? And he didn't mean to put you under a bushel, but he meant you somehow in your job, on the places you walk, that you ought to be a radiant glow of the power of God Almighty that people realize there's something different about you. I don't just see it just in the length of your sleeve. They see it in your eyes. They hear it in your voice. They see it in your mannerisms. You are different. You are Christ-like. Well, they were called Christians at Antioch. The word Christian means Christ-like. You've been paid no greater man in all your life than somebody call you a Christian. Hallelujah. Light is the opposite of darkness. You carry, that's what holiness is. It is a, a shining emblem of the salvation of God in your life. It is again Christ Jesus manifest in you. God is spirit. God is light. What was the third? God is love. John 3.16 says, a lot of people, when we use the word love, they think more about feelings than they do anything else. Sweet, syrupy, fly-catching type love. That's not what he meant at all. Well, this is what it said. For God so loved 
that he smooched all over the world. Now, that's not what he said. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. This holiness love that I'm talking about is more of a function than it is a feeling. It is a giving of yourself. Holiness, I've seen so many self-centered Pentecostals, it's not even funny. And they think they're holiness people. But if it's going to cost me, count me out. Hey, y'all hear me? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen churches where, where that uh, in the endeavor to do something for God, that you'll find some people going to prayer rooms and talking and, and praying and, and giving their hearts in time and effort to seek the face of God. And there are some people without fail will always come in just when the music starts. Oh, you're not always so caught up you can't get here in time to pray. I'll tell you what the problem is. You don't like to give. Oh, it's one thing to give a ten spot out of your back pocket. It's another thing to give your heart. Paul said, I'm not after yours. In other words, your belongings. I'm after you. Not yours, but you is what he said. And real holiness is function that it is a feeling. It is something that just gives itself. It gives itself in prayer. It gives itself without having to be forced into it. I've been in those places where that when they take a head count for a certain thing the church is trying to do and everybody takes the duck head and a few hands up. Come on, folks. Can we get a few more here? Can we get a few more? That And there is a lacking essential aspect of holiness in those churches. There is something in you that wants to be spent for the kingdom of God. True holiness gives itself from the top of its head to the bottom of its feet into the work of God and the things of God. Just let me be of use in the kingdom. Hey, y'all still out there tonight? Would you praise the Lord here a little bit? Hallelujah. The holiness message I'm talking about has more to do with 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 this Jesus Christ being manifest in you, and that ought to be your constant goal, and that is to be more like Jesus. Isn't that what you're trying to do? For the whole accumulation, the whole putting together this thing is that in a moment, a twinkling in the eye, beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall what? Be like Him! We are changed now even to that same image, face to face. By the Spirit of God. That's why Jesus said, He that's seen me, you've seen the Father. You've seen, we beheld His glory. The holiness comes alive only when you allow Christ to be manifest in you. He said, I'm telling you now, boys. You're stumbling and you're falling and you can't measure it. But I've been with you. But not many days hence, I shall be in you. And in that time, then I will have a holy people. Because without the ability to receive the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, that's just what it means, Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, which is holy. That's that Jehovah of old talking. Ye shall be holy because I am holy. And when I get in you and when you receive that, you have holiness in you. Now then, let it shine. Hallelujah. Praise God. Romans 12. Read that for me, please, Elder, verses 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, oh, by the mercies of God, you just present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now then, I would be in a dilemma if I only had Romans 12, 1, if that was all that it wrote. Because how can I present it to him holy 
by my own ability. I cannot. I've already learned that I cannot. I read verse 2 and you see what it says about that transformation. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. Here's what it said. Present your bodies a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God. And then it tells you that the ability to do that is by the renewing of your mind. What's he talking about renewing of your mind? Reading some type of self-help book? That ain't going to do it. What it means is let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. you got to think like he thinks. And you got to get a mentality of Christ in you. That is holiness. Be not conformed to this world. That's where this bunch that says there's no outward standard missed the whole thing. It said be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed. And the transformation can only take place by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. That word renewing there in the Greek, you pardon me, I'm no Greek scholar, but I did just look it up. It is the word that means metamorphosis. Hallelujah. And metamorphosis means to transform. It means to change from one form, shape, or substance into another. Hallelujah to God. That's what church is all about. It is to somehow bring you closer and draw you nigh and somehow let you take on the characteristics of Christ. It is not you just trying to do it. It's just you letting Him live through you. It is no longer I that live but Christ in me. Thank God that's what holiness is. It's Him living through you. Hallelujah. It means be not fashioned according to this world. But come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you unto myself. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. He lost the holiness perception of seeing beyond today. And because he became unholy, he left this walk. And so will you. Hallelujah. It means consecration. Present your bodies. And that means all your body. Wholly acceptable unto God, which is just your reasonable service. It means a complete revamping, renewing, metamorphosis, a changing of your mind. And ain't you just sitting down and said, I think I'll do this. But it is the ability for you to draw yourself close to God to where actually no man can really explain this because it's an action of the Holy Ghost. But He can actually begin to think through you. That's why the Bible said, look, if it's possible for Him to pray through you, don't you know it says that? For we know not what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit helps our infirmities and the Spirit... Pray for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. If it's able for him to do that, don't you realize that you can somehow draw now to walk after the flesh is death, but to walk after the spirit is life. It's up to you which way you want to go, and there's you have the ability to do both. And holiness is walking after the spirit. It's the ability to somehow when that brother slaps your jaws, holiness, if you got it right. That mind of Christ that they tied the whipping post said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Well, I've seen holiness folks that supposedly, again, supposed to have been holiness and file off the handle that quick. You need a good dose of the Holy Ghost, is what you need. Hallelujah. Because I can tell you, Jesus Christ which is God Almighty, which is He which said, I am holy, would never act that way. Would it? And what makes you think you've got license to operate there? Hallelujah.
Bible teaches us to worship Him in the beauty of holiness. That's the only way you can really worship Him. The holiness church worships Him in the beauty of holiness. What's that mean? We, we've really misconstrued that. It means, it, what it means is just this. We worship Him by the way we live. Is what it really means. You worship Him as He sees you being transformed into His likeness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. When He shall appear, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. We have glimpses all along the way. That's what holiness is. Every time I get a glimpse, the things that have made the difference in my life have been that I've understood something about his characteristics but it hadn't just been black and white paper I have felt them and known that it was not me it was him that did it only holiness can pray for them that despitefully use you only holiness can somehow turn the other cheek only holiness can really really care for them that nobody else cares Only holiness can really carry a burden for somebody lost and dying going to hell. And I've seen people come to get sinners to an altar. I've seen folks that are supposed to be holy folks chatting, talking, going on their way, going out the building, going to the house. You ain't holy, folks, because holiness should have a burden for these people that need God. Y'all still out there tonight? You think Jesus Christ would walk off while somebody's praying? Not on your life. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he didn't walk off when you prayed? Aren't you glad there was some holiness people around you the night you prayed? Hallelujah. Holiness people that saw beyond today. Holiness people that understood that there's more to this than just today and tomorrow. And the cars and houses, there's a kingdom yet to attain. Holiness people that bring a light and a radiant glow of Christ into every walk of life that they enter. Holiness people that really, really love. For God is love. And how can you say you love your brother and don't love God? How can you say that you you somehow love God and hate your brother? Seeing your brother... For the lie and the truth is not in you, if we say. Because holiness is a function more than it is a feeling. Some folks don't do anything unless they feel something. Holiness does it because it is a characteristic of their nature. Well, praise God. Let me say one more time. Maybe some of you are just that way. Maybe you're the only times that you really talk to God is really when you just either circumstances are so bearing down on you and you personally have got to have something. It's the only time you really get honest with God. You need to brush up on your holiness. Because holiness is something that is consistent. It is a consistent secret of the face of God in good times, bad times rough times, smooth times. It is something that just gives because that's the characteristic nature of itself. Holiness loves is light and sees beyond today. Let's stand, would you please? We have a lot of churches today that need to rediscover the holiness message. We do preach standards. These outward standards are a part of this not conforming to this world and a separation that God demands. They are a part of that. You can't look like this world, be conformed to it, and be holy people. But the reason that we're like this, don't turn the page over the other way. 
the reason we dress like this is because of him of hope Christ in you the hope of glory you can preach holiness standards and situations to people who have the Holy Ghost and it'll happen and it'll work in their life that's why this theory of give them six months or a year and then try to look at it that ain't got nothing to do with it. If they get the Holy Ghost, they got He who is holy in them. And that Spirit, when it hears uh, coming out from among them, will say yes and amen to the outward standard. But it will also have those other characteristics of real holiness. Have you ever seen it? There's probably nothing that is any more heart-rendering to see as Jesus called whited sepulchers. But inside are dead men's bones. To see people that that are so legality bound and on the inside are filthy. What he wants out of you is an eye to see beyond today. A holiness that knows there's more to this than just to walk through this world. Light that radiates from your life. How ought we to be in all manner of holy conversation? You are epistles, our epistles known and read of all men. Hallelujah. Preacher preaches to you. You become the epistles of this message. Known and read of all men. Amen. And all by this shall all men know that you are my disciple, that you have love. One, two, three. That's why the devil loves to start schism, contention, strife in a church because he's battling against the very fortification of holiness in this church. Because when you lose love one for another, you lose holiness. We love him because he first loved us, don't we? And day by day. I like to, that old song that says, I got a long way to go to be like him. But I'm pushing and pressing toward the mark. What do y'all think that prize is? Huh? What do y'all think that prize is you're pressing for? It is nothing more nor less than Jesus Christ himself. For the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Thank God. Thank you very much for your attention tonight. I hope we've been able to say something to help you on your way. Would you lift your hands and love the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's talk to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, we so thank you for your word tonight. Hallelujah. God, would you please put this message in our mind. God, would you instruct us by it. Help us, Lord, that we might not sin against you. Praise God. Praise God. To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. On earth I long to be like him all through life's journey from earth to glory. I
from earth to glory I only to be like him sing it one more time like you mean it tonight to be like Jesus to be like Jesus on earth I long to be like him all through life's journey from earth to glory I only to be like him praise the Lord I'm sure tonight that you know that we have not eaten fast food this evening. We have eaten a gourmet dinner. That's what I like so much about Brother Gross's preaching is you know you've eaten something when you get through. It, it's satisfying. It puts a fullness in you. Many wonderful things were said tonight for our consideration. You don't just swallow this down and go on. You have to keep chewing on it and considering it, thinking about it. Among many of the valuable things that I heard this good elder say this evening, perhaps one stands out especially. That's where he said that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and the word is still being made flesh every time a preacher preaches and people take that word and apply it to their life the word is take is becoming flesh it is manifesting itself in a human form and is molding and shaping us little by little into his image we want to come to the full stature of Christ We've got such a long ways to go just to be like the Lord. But I do want to be like Him, don't you? Praise the Lord. What a novel approach to holiness this would be to so many people who think that all holiness is is the externals. I think that's why we, we spend so much time and effort sometimes trying to make people act and be what they are not like the proverbial hog that you clean up, dress up, and put little ribbons on, and you can put the most expensive cologne on it. But if it's turned loose, if it's allowed to follow its nature, it will return to the wallow. Hallelujah. Sometimes we're trying to make people holy by just fixing up the external, and again, that's an important part of it. And yet their nature is wrong. They need to be transformed by the renewing of their mind. If we get this nature in us, we won't ever have to have somebody tell us to be holy. It will be in us to be holy. What a beautiful message. What a beautiful message. Praise the Lord. And one that certainly needs to be preached in, in every church around the country today. Thank God. Aren't you glad for holiness preaching? This is... This is something that will put meat on your bones and help you live for God. Praise the Lord. It's not something to make us just look down pharisaical noses at everybody else. It will make us want to be like Him. It, you know, holiness will not create arrogance in people. It creates humility. Because when you, we have His holiness, we are conscious of how, how much difference there is between this human nature and His divine nature. We know we haven't attained. We're still striving. We're still reaching. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just love Him again right now. Oh, God, we praise You for Your great Word. Again, that we have been privileged to hear tonight. Would You help us, Lord, to observe it, to live accordingly. We thank You for the message and for the messenger this evening. 
Would you help us as we leave this place, oh God, to apply it in every area and stage of our life. Help us to be like you in spirit, in light, and in love. Oh God, we praise you this evening. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you again this evening. So good uh, to see all those that were able to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Again, glad to have Brother Gross with us. Let's keep praying for him as he goes on his way. And, uh, the transition that he was talking about earlier certainly is a is is not is not nearly as easy as what some would suppose it to be. But uh, our prayers and encouragement are with them. Praise the Lord! I'm trusting that God will, will do a great work in the. In the Molino area in Florida, and uh, I know when that situation uh, first developed, not that I had anything to do with it, but immediately my mind went to Brother Gross, and I, I was hoping and praying that that would work out, and I'm so glad we're there. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Greet one another in Jesus' name. Let's greet Brother Gross and let him know you're glad he's here. You're dismissed tonight.